Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu, and uh, we've got a great podcast lined up for you today. We've got the host of KJAC TV. Oh, and he's also the starting safety slash cornerbacks slash defensive back or whatever he's asked to do. Kareem Jackson on the podcast today. We've got Bills insider Chris Brown talking about the Bills and the Texans, their week six matchup this Sunday. Uh, but first, I'd like to say, check out Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, 12 locations with three new locations opening soon, Fulcher, Kingwood, and Porter. Check out their food truck. It delivers steak burgers, fries, frozen custard right to your event. And the Houston Texans. They spend countless hours prepping for game day, and they do so with their QC35 Wireless Headphones 2 by Bose. The powerful noise-canceling technology helps you do the same to concentrate on your music, your work, or whatever you're passionate about. Check out Bose.com slash Texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. All right, for those of you listening to this podcast, if you are not on Instagram or you're not on Twitter, then you need to check out the Houston Texans mobile app because KJAC TV is uh, quickly growing to be one of the most popular segments on our social media platforms. It's Kareem Jackson. He actually did this last year. He actually did it two years ago, too. We used to call it Player Reporter, and we'd have players rotating through the locker room asking questions of other players. I thought it was sort of a fun way to get to see the personality of some of the guys in the locker room because you really just see them playing, and you you can't really put a face to the name sometimes or what they're like. So we thought, let's let everyone see what we see inside the locker room. So we started this segment called Player Reporter a few years back, and then sometime last year, I believe, I, I had told Kareem Jackson he was really good at it. We noticed every time he did it, he was just he just brought his own flair to it. He's got this super dry, sarcastic, funny personality, and he sort of brings it out of people because he just makes fun of them. And he doesn't just take their answer and roll with it. He has to actually add his own comments. So we just thought Kareem was doing such a fantastic job. And I always told him, I was like, you're really good at this. You're really, really good at this. And sometime last year, Kareem told me that he wanted to be He wanted to be the guy. He wanted to do the player reporter. So we're like, fantastic. If you are all in, we hate to bug the players with tasks like these for Texans TV. But, you know, viewers love it. It's a lot of work for the players during the week, especially during a practice week. But, you know, with little time they have in the locker room, they want to chill. They want to, you know, get their treatment done. But if they have a little bit of time, you know, we ask them to do some stuff for us sometimes. And and so does the media. They actually have to do at least once a week. So on an off day... We would get Kareem Jackson, and he decided to run with it. And he's really run with it this year. He's got sponsors, if you haven't noticed. His ratings are through the roof, if you haven't noticed. But he's also playing lights out on the field with his new starting position of safety, uh, the all-time leader, Texans leader in interceptions. He's the most tenured player on that Texans defense. And we sat down with him. I sat down with him this week in the Hyundai Texans radio studio and had a chat with Mr. Kareem Jackson about the phenomenal 2018 season he's had so far. Joining me today, starting safety, starting cornerback, <laughs> host of KJAC TV, Kareem Jackson. I got to say, my ratings are going to go through the roof today, through haven't you roof. on, Kareem? Through the roof. <laughs> haven't you on? Okay, I want to get to the KJAC TV in a bit. You're having so much fun. Ton of fun. Both on and off the field. So let's start on the field, uh, how much fun you're having. You had the interception against Dallas. You now lead... This franchise with 15 interceptions. What was your favorite interception of all um, of them? Probably, probably my first pick six. Just you know, that's pretty memorable for me. You know, my first time getting in the end zone in NFL. So that would probably be my my favorite. What one. game was that again? 
it was Tennessee. Uh, I actually don't remember the year, but I remember the play though. Okay, what was the play? Um, I remember the route they ran. They ran double in, and I remember what coverage we was in. We was in cover eight. This was when Wade, uh, Wade Phillips was here. We was in cover eight, and I got a good jump on it, and I picked it off and ran it back for a touchdown. Did you high step your way into the end zone? That seems yeah, to be I your did. move. I did. What's the, inspired you to do that? Is it Deion Sanders? Uh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Growing up, um, Deion, one of my favorite players, you know, just seeing him high step, you know, every time he got an interception. So, you know, it's almost, you know, instincts and it just kind of kick in and just instantly go to that. You had the interception in the Dallas game, but you also had nearly that walk-off pick six. Yeah. Walk us through what your emotions were like after that. I think the entire stadium just sighed because you, it was, I mean, it was a tough play to make regardless. But yeah, uh, what was your emotion? I after think that? I, I, I definitely should have made it. Um, if you can, if you remember, I just laid there for a little <laughs> while, and I was just like, I can't believe I just dropped that. But um, for me, making that play, you know, it's kind of getting us out of that situation without you know not having to go in to overtime. You know, definitely would have been huge for us as a team. But um, didn't make it. But you know, we we finished the game in overtime. You know, we was able to get a win, so that's you know that's the only thing that matters right now. That's true. I saw a stat in that game that when Dak Prescott targeted you, his passer rating was five point six, and Pro Football Focus graded you fifth in the league in your run defense grade. So nine years in the league now, do you think this is the best that you've ever played? Um, so far, I think I think this is probably yeah. So far, still got a long season to go. You know, um, um, for me, I want to constantly, you know, improve each and every day. I still feel as though, you know, I got a little bit more out, out there I can go get, you know. And, and for me, I just want to be a big part of the team, you know, and, and be a piece of the puzzle that, you know, going out and being consistent day in and day out, you know, and helping us win games. How much was moving to safety part of the fact that you've been playing so well? Because first, people thought it was that. They thought, oh, he's moved to safety, looks so comfortable. But even when you switch back to corner, there's no drop-off in your level of play. You just seem to be playing like your hair's on fire this year. Did I, you do something different this offseason? I actually didn't. I actually did the same stuff. You know, um, physically, I feel a lot better than I felt, you know, in previous in previous years. You know, um, and um, Coach Luke, you know, and their trainers and their staff coming in, you know, with the strength and conditioning has been a big part of that, you know, but... um. I actually did the same stuff I did in the off season, you know. Um, I mean, for me, I just try to, I just, I just want to improve every year, you know. I, I go into every year and I approach it differently, you know, from a mental aspect, you know. But at the same time, I still want to get better in every aspect of my game. So, um, I've been in some great positions this year, you know, whether it's play calling or whether I, you know, just technique why I put myself in, you know, good position to be able to make some plays. And I, I mean, I've just been able to, you know, make the plays. DJ Reader called you a Swiss Army knife. He said you're able to do everything. Right. And I, I feel like every year in OTAs, we would see you line up at safety at some point in the offseason. But this was the year that you officially made the switch, that the team actually moved you to safety. How did that decision go down? When did you find out that you were making the move? Kind of right at the OTAs. And I had a conversation with uh, my DB coach, Coach Rack, and Coach O'Brien, and, and it was basically, you know, what was best for the team, you know, Andre Howe going into his situation and, you know, him not being a, being able to play. So um, that that was, you know, pretty much the best move for the team. So, you know, they told me it was going to move me to safety. And, you know, for me, I just wanted to embrace that, that move and, and, and still be able to go out and, and compete and play at a high level. I felt I could do it just because, you know, from a mental aspect, I pretty much knew every spot in the secondary already because, 
in, in previous years. I played a little bit here and there in certain games at safety, but full-time moving there, you know, I felt like it, it, it wouldn't be a problem. So, you know, I've been able to go out and I learned the defense inside and out, and I've been able to go out and, you know, be consistent in some of the things that I've been doing. It's not even just learning the defense. I think what I hear about you the most is your tackling ability, your ability to bring down guys. Do you think that's your strength of your game? Yeah, I pride myself on being able to tackle. Definitely a tough league and, you know, having being out there in, in space with guys and being one-on-one, playing the safety spot, you got to be able to get them down. So I definitely pride myself on my tackling. You had J. Joe at corner. Now you've got Tyron Matthew. What's it like having him as your tag team at safety? you got another SEC guy back there. Definitely, definitely. Um SEC guys, man, we we <laughs> even if we 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 not we don't play together right off the bat, and some some years down the line we eventually get on the same team. It's all it's, it's like we are already brothers, though. But um, you're always enemies in college, and it seems like everybody comes yeah, here and then everybody gets along. Yeah, all you SEC um, guys, it's been great having Ty here. You know, he's been he's a huge part of our team. He's a great leader in the locker room. You know, on, on the field as well. Played a ton of ball, has a ton of experience. You know, Pro Bowler, All Pro, all that. You know, all the accolades. But um, I guess that's the thing for me you know that's most impressive about him is just the way he's approached approach every day you know he comes in he, he works you know just like he, he's a young guy like he you know he still has a, a ton to prove but um that that's probably what impresses me about the most about him but like I say it's, it's been great you know just in communication wise with, with him and you know just seeing him going out and playing and and just having them here, everything's been great. You now have two girls. You yes, I do. added to the Jackson clan this off season. Actually, was it training camp or right before training camp? Right before training camp. Right before training camp. What's it like having two little ones now? Um, I want to know what you're like as a dad. I bet you're so much fun. I I, I don't have any say so in my house. <laughs> the girls it, have outnumbered yeah, you. It, it goes my two year old daughter, which will be three on Sunday. It's my wife, and then it's my three-month-old daughter. <laughs> the the three-month-old is above you. Yeah, she she can't even put together words right now, and she still has more <laughs> say-so than me. So it's, I told my wife yeah, yeah, just yesterday that I was going to move upstairs permanently. And you know, <laughs> If you guys need me, just holler upstairs. Just holler. Yeah, because they're a handful. Um, especially my, my oldest daughter. is is just like she's about to turn 15, and she's only about to be three. Yeah, those the terrible twos are one thing, but I think there's um, a terrible two that goes all the way to their five because terrible threes and then yeah, fours. Yeah, I was listening to her last night, and in my head I'm saying, how are you even saying some of this stuff right <laughs> now? You're not even supposed to know any of this stuff. And this is like, it, it's just like talking to another adult. And I, I can't believe it. She's growing so fast, and she's so smart, and, and, and it's scary because, like I say, I don't have any say-so. Okay. Do you think you'll ever make it the Jackson 5? Um, I don't. Uh, I'm probably, I'm probably I'm asking sure. too soon, yeah, right? Not, I should give it some time before I ask you that. Hopefully not five, <laughs> possibly four, but we got to get three first. No, so. five meaning like three kids and the two oh, you and your oh, wife, okay. right? I thought you were saying five, oh, five kids. Is a, five I is say, Jesus. That's um, a lot of. That's a lot of kids. Yeah, eventually it'll definitely be. No, I meant the, all def- of you. Yeah, it'll definitely be the Jackson Five eventually. You think so? Yeah. Oh, definitely. that's good to hear. K Jack TV. Everybody knows about it. Ratings are through the roof. You've got sponsors. You've got guests. You've got players. Everybody wants to be on your show. People really get to see your personality in that. I think I'm I'm very proud of the fact that people get to see like how we see you right. on the show. What do you think you want people to get out of that? 
just pretty much just to, just to see the guy's personality. For us, is is you know when we're here, you know it's all about football. Everybody outside of outside of the locker room only sees us in our helmets, and you know, and, and when we're out there running around on the field and stuff, I want everybody to see that you know we have another side. You know, um, you know we got some funny guys in there. We got guys that. You know, don't talk much. We got guys that can't shut up. You know, we got guys that, <laughs> guys like, that to, like to sing. I right, like to sing, <laughs> like to dance. So, you know, I just want everybody to be able to see a different side of us and, and definitely enjoy it. You know, so, um, I mean, and, and for us, you know, we, we, we're not just football players. We're husbands. We're, we're dads, brothers and all the other stuff. So I just want everybody to be able to see, you know, more than the football side. I wasn't here when you first got here in 2010, but has your personality always been like this or has it come out more in the last um, few years i've always been like this but more so outside of the building but uh, i think the more and more you know i kind of uh say became a veteran you're the most veteran guy in the locker room yeah right? i am but john weeks yeah john, you weeks. And john weeks me and john, me and john weeks is the same year okay so um i just think you know the more i the older I kind of got and, you know, and Coach O'Brien allowed me to kind of, you know, let my hair down a little bit. Then I, I I just got to a point where I guess I'm one of the guys that can't shut up. But um, <laughs> You're so one I of just kind of just let it out everywhere. You know, it's just, it's, for me, it's all about having fun. I don't look at coming coming here every day as just a job. You know, I like to come over here. I like to have fun with the guys. You know, we 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 you know we laugh, we joke. You know, we gotta have fun because the minute it gets to a point where you, we look at it like it's just a job, then you know we're not gonna enjoy it anymore. But um, for me, it's just all about having fun. And you know, the day I stop having fun, then it, it'll be a problem. But so, like I said, I just I just love to have fun, even when I'm at home and you know wherever I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm I like to be the same person every day, so it, it's going to be some fun. You know, if I'm if I'm involved in it. Well, we're having a lot of fun watching you on KJAC TV and on the field. Hope you keep it going. All-time leader in interceptions, Kareem Jackson, and you can catch KJAC TV. It's pretty much everywhere. It's on HoustonTexans.com. It's on Instagram. It's on Facebook. It's on Twitter. Definitely, we, right? We, yeah, you're, we, you're we're all worldwide. over the place, man. We um, we thinking about taking KJAC TV on the road in the off season. Um, oh, okay. That's a long time for now. We're gonna be playing for a long time. Yes. But um, we we got some more um, some people we're gonna go out and we're gonna bring on to the show. And let me take a time time out right now to thank my sponsors. Uh, <laughs> like to thank you know Arctic for being a great sponsor. You know, um, Arctic also sponsors. Oh, my yeah, TV show they, too. I see that. I see that. So <laughs> we both should tell Arctic. We should. Thank we you should. Right thanks, now. Arctic. Yeah. Thank Arctic. And you know, um, you guys are great. You know, we we definitely appreciate you guys' support and all of the fans out there that love KJAC TV. You know, we do it for you guys, and we hope you guys are enjoying it. And um, yeah, I guess that's it right now. Yeah. But, okay. Well, you just wrapped up the show for me. You're just a natural. I'm just a natural. You're just a natural. All right, Cream Jackson. Thanks so much, Cream. Uh, thank you. You know, at the end of that interview, when Kareem stopped me when we were talking about KJAC TV, he said, time out. I just want to take a moment to thank. I thought he was going to thank all of us that work on KJAC TV, and he thanked the sponsors. So the Arctic does sponsor the Deep Slant inter- podcast, the Deep Slant interview, which we shoot for TV purposes. It's on the website as well. So we had all the Arctic, um, the mugs, and we had the graphics up. So it, it kind of worked out that Arctic was also sponsoring the TV portion of the interview. This is obviously the radio portion, but uh, I, I really was a little bit surprised that it wasn't us or me that he thanked, but he thanked Arctic, and Arctic's very happy with it. So 
you know, we continue to roll on with KJAC TV through the season and shooting more episodes. So be sure to look for it. They usually come out on Fridays, which is sort of a fun way to start your weekend off. And I think once you start watching them, you're going to be hooked. You're going to want to watch them all. And uh, Kareem Jackson's actually very interactive on Instagram, too. He was asking people who they want to see on the next few episodes. And people were putting out Deshaun Watts and Will Fuller. He was responding to them. So if you have somebody you want to see, be sure to let number 25 know. He's, he's taking requests. All right, with that, let's get into our Bills-Texans matchup. I always get an, a reporter or an insider for the opposing team. And this week we got Chris Brown. He's a Bills insider. He does... Uh, radio for them. He writes for the website. He does a lot as far as covering the Bills, and I've talked to him a few times in the past, but I wanted to get a sense of this Bills team because it's really hard if you just look at their record so far this year. Their their wins, like the win against Minnesota, uh, was just such a dominant win, and then their losses have been really devastating. So, you know, what does Josh Allen look like? What's so good about that Bills defense? Because when they're on, they pl- they, they play like they're on. Who are some of those playmakers there? And uh, we sat down with him and this is what he had to say about the Bills and the Texans coming up this Sunday. Since Brian Gain left, how different does that Bills team look from the 2017 playoff team against Jacksonville last year? I know that's a big connection that the Texans have with the Bills heading into Sunday's game. Yeah, I mean, there was pretty heavy turnover in the offseason. Obviously, they you know, moved on from Tyrod Taylor trading into Cleveland, and uh, they no longer have Preston Brown, who was their starting middle linebacker for the better part of the last four seasons. So in those spots are their top two draft choices, uh, Josh Allen at quarterback and Tremaine Edmonds at middle linebacker. Uh, And they've had some wholesale changes on the defensive side of the ball, also on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, The two most notable losses on offense are probably the two starting offensive linemen, Eric Wood and Richie Incognito. And then on defense, you know, you've got uh, a new nickel corner in Taron Johnson, their fourth round draft choice. Uh, and you've got some new guys up on the defensive line in star Lotulele, uh, who came over in free agency, as well as Trent Murphy, the defensive end, who came over from Washington. Yeah, let's talk about Josh Allen, one of the most notable changes there at quarterback. Right now he's got more rushing touchdowns than passing touchdowns. What have you seen from the rookie quarterback? How has he progressed since he took over that starting role for Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, like most rookie quarterbacks, he's he's been a little up and down. Had a great performance uh, against Minnesota in the upset win back in week three. Came back down to earth in week four at Green Bay. Uh, last week uh, in the one-point win over Tennessee, uh, they kind of just asked him to manage the game and put most of uh, the offensive load on the offensive line in the running game. Uh, they ran over 40 times, and Josh only attempted about 19 passes, uh, but they controlled the clock, controlled the line of scrimmage, and did just enough offensively uh, to lift them to a last-point victory on a field goal. And it's going to be interesting to see if that's how they choose to continue going forward or if they choose to put a little bit more on Josh's plate in each successive week. What was that transition like for him this offseason? It didn't seem like he was treated as a starter, but does that make it a little bit more difficult for him to sort of get into a rhythm with the season already underway and him being named starter the way that he was? Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a three-way competition, you know, all through the offseason and training camp and the preseason uh, with A.J. McCarron and with Nathan Peterman. And Peterman was named the starter in week one because he, he was the best player in the preseason. But unfortunately for him, it didn't translate to the regular season. And, you know, they turned to Josh after that because A.J. McCarron had already been traded to Oakland. 
So, uh, you know, that's kind of where he had to kind of pick up on the fly. And so, yeah, I mean, I think you can make the argument that, you know, not being the starter from the day he walked in the door uh, may have put him behind in terms of rep count. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, he's kind of learning on the fly here. And, you know, I think uh, he knows what he's up against. And I think his teammates around him do as well. So they're all trying to rally around him and bring him along as best they can. I saw the news of the quarterback signing Derek Anderson. He signed to a one-year deal. What would his role be, and and what do they think that he can bring to that quarterback room? Yeah, I think what they're looking at here is is a mentor type, someone who's you know been around, been in that role before, and I think Derek Anderson checks all the boxes. Uh, you know, was in the league for a long time and served as a mentor to Cam Newton. Uh, when he was the first overall pick of the Carolina Panthers in 2011 and basically served, you know, as his veteran mentor for the better part of six years. And GM Brandon Bean and head coach Sean McDermott saw that firsthand in Carolina. Uh, So they know him very well. And even offensive coordinator Brian Dable knows him, having worked with him back in 2009 when they were both with the Cleveland Browns organization. So there's a lot of familiarity with Derek, which I think is what made this a you know, a natural signing for them, one they feel comfortable with, even though they're already a month into the season. And so I think Derek in that quarterback room is is going to be able to communicate some of the nuances of the game uh, to Josh as he's trying to learn on the fly, as we mentioned. The Bills, you mentioned the uh, 13-12 win over Tennessee last Sunday, totally did the Texans a solid by defeating their division rival there. Uh, what was the key to the Bills' defense uh, limiting the Titans to just 221 yards and uh, only field goals for the day. They weren't able to find the end zone. But what did that Bills defense do well in Sunday's win? Yeah, I mean, they really didn't let Tennessee run the ball at all. Um, and then, you know, the game kind of fell on Marcus Mariota's shoulders uh, to kind of carry the load, move the ball, and score points. And uh, he and the passing weapons for the Titans were really ineffective for much of the day. I mean, Tredavious White essentially shut down Corey Davis you know, who was coming off a nine-catch, 166-yard performance and a game-winning touchdown in overtime the week before. And uh, he didn't shadow him for the entire game, uh, but when he did, Corey Davis did not even uh, log a reception. He finished with four for 49, which is still pedestrian overall, but none of those catches came against Tredavious White, who really has become a shutdown corner. It's going to be a very interesting matchup because I fully anticipate the Bills are going to have Tredavious White shadowed DeAndre Hopkins for the entire game. So that'll be a matchup to watch for sure. And then, you know, the rest of the defense did a really good job of forcing turnovers. I mean, uh, they forced two fumbles and an interception, got all of those, and that translated into 10 points for the Bills. Uh, So you look at it at the end. I mean, those three turnovers were critical to the outcome of the game with the Bills winning just 13-12. to Sure. Let's look at the offensive side of the ball, too. It looked like the run game got going a little bit there. LaShawn McCoy, uh, 24 carries. I think the weeks leading up to it, that's more than what he had gotten in all those weeks combined, right, for the season. How did the Bills yeah. How did the Bills all of a sudden decide to get him involved, in, and what took so long? Well, I mean, I think what was part of the problem uh, was, in, first of all, LaShawn missed one of the games. He missed the Minnesota game due to some cracked rib cartilage. So he was out for that game. And in the first two games of the season, uh, the Bills got whacked early in both of those games, and they were way behind on the scoreboard. 
And as you know, when the deficit gets like that, offensive coordinators tend to rely on the passing game and throwing it around to try to get back in the game. And so, you know, before the first quarter was over uh, in week one against Baltimore and in week two against the Chargers, the Bills were down by double digits. And uh, I think they just decided, let's turn to the passing game, see if we can get back in it. And they kind of abandoned the run. Um, And then I think after getting shut out in Green Bay in week four, again, abandoning the run, they decided, look, we've we've got to ride the horse, and the best offensive player we have is LaShawn McCoy. Uh, So they made a concerted effort uh, to use him early and often uh, this past week. And while the yards per carry average wasn't effective, uh, they were effective in controlling the clock, staying in manageable down and distance, uh, and that enabled the offense to stay on the field longer, even though they probably weren't happy with their point total at the end of the day. Yeah, and what does it say about that Bills O-line? They they were able to gain 144 yards on the ground between McCoy and Josh Allen and, and their running backs by committee, but they also just gave up one sack in the game. You know, how are they looking, and, and what's going to be their biggest challenge? Obviously, they're going to be facing – uh, J.J. Watt and Jadevian Clowney, but how has that O-line looked so far this year? Uh, well, it, it did not look very good for the first few weeks. Uh, Coach McDermott actually challenged that offensive line heading into this past week's game. He said, look, we have lost the battle at the line of scrimmage uh, in our first four games, and that has to change. You can't win football games if you don't establish the line of scrimmage. So it was an outright challenge to his players. And they responded this past week. So, you know, what you have is uh, an offensive line that I think righted itself this past week. Are they going to be able to duplicate it against the defensive line, the caliber of Houston? Uh, That remains to be seen. But knowing the pass pressure that, you know, that group can generate, it wouldn't surprise me if they looked to their blueprint from last week against Houston uh, or last week against Tennessee and, and try to replicate it to some degree. Uh, once again, relying on a running game because it's very clear to me that you do not want to put too much on Josh Allen's plate. So if they can ride LaShawn McCoy effectively along with Chris Ivory, who ran very well for them last week as a complimentary uh, rushing option, uh, they would prefer to do that and then just make short, easy reads uh, the task for Josh Allen in the passing game. What about that group of Bills receivers? Uh, obviously, Kel- Kelvin Benjamin traded to the Bills this offseason, and then we saw the news about Corey Coleman, who ultimately didn't end up working out for them. What's the state of the Bills wide receivers group, and do you see a favorite emerging there for Josh Allen right now? Yeah, it's it's a group that unfortunately has been lacking, um, not getting a whole lot of separation on a consistent basis. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin has had uh, the case of the drops from, from time to time. And so it's really kind of rendered uh, the passing game ineffective in, to a large degree the last few weeks. Uh, I don't know that there's a true favorite there. Uh, Zay Jones has kind of uh, made plays more and more as the, week is, as the weeks have gone on, but nobody's really blowing the cover uh, off of any defense in the passing game right now. So I would say it's very much a work in progress. All right, Chris, we talked about uh, the weeks leading up to Sunday's win against the Titans. It seemed like a lot of extreme wins and extreme losses. Uh, that week one loss to Baltimore and then that huge upset at Minnesota and then a 22 to nothing loss at Green Bay. What have you seen? Uh, can you see the forest through the trees just yet? What have been the keys to the wins and what's gone wrong in those losses this year? I mean, the keys to the victories have been the uh, takeaways. 
they've given short fields to the offense and they've cashed in with points. Uh, when they don't get takeaways, uh, the offense has a difficult time uh, scoring from the traditional drive start locations like their own 25 after a touchback. Uh, just because they haven't been able to be consistent enough in stringing enough positive plays together to get into scoring territory. So it's a brand new offense under new offensive coordinator Brian Dable. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. And I think they're starting to gain some traction uh, for the coordinator and Dable understanding the weapons he has at his disposal and how best to use them. Uh, you have a rookie quarterback who's learning on the fly. Uh, you know, and I think the players are still trying to get their head wrapped around, you know, this offensive system where they can execute it uh, as efficiently as possible. So that's really what's at work here uh, more than anything else. So really the Bills in a nutshell are a team that is relying on their defense to hold them in games, get them a few turnovers, and then hope that's enough to get enough points on the board uh, to post a win. So the ideal scenario for the Bills this weekend is to kind of have the same formula as they did last week, uh, a grinded-out type game where they're running the football effectively enough to keep the offense on the field and then have the defense hold that opposing offense in check and keep points to a minimum. All right, good stuff. Chris Brown, Bills insider, lead reporter for Buffalo Bills. Dot com. Chris, appreciate the time, and we'll see you here on Sunday. Yep, we'll see you this weekend. Take care now. Good stuff from Chris Brown of buffalobills.com. All right, that's going to do it for our podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, please take a moment, leave a review, and uh, I would greatly appreciate that. And be sure to check out HoustonTexans.com for all the latest stories, news, highlights, and more. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at DeepSlant. I'm also at DeepSlant on Instagram and Snapchat, but I haven't really been on Snapchat for a while, but I've, I've kind of shifted Instagram. It's my new favorite social media behind Twitter. Uh, so if you can give me a follow, I'll try to follow you back. That's going to do it for our podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening and go Texas.